Welcome to the FCBC NYC podcast. We're so thankful that you decided to join us in this moment and in this season in your life. Our prayer is that this podcast will be a catalyst for conversion and transformation and that you will be inspired and renewed in such a tremendous way that your desire will be to be your best for God. Again, thank you for listening, and we're excited to see what is next in your life. We are an ever-evolving community of visionaries, dreamers. Called to live, commanded to love, and commissioned to serve. And if you cannot remember all that, how do we say it here? We live, we love, we serve. Amen. Praise God for that. Now, <clears throat> I thought about what scripture on today we could draw from in this struggle. I think all of us at some point in our journey know about this battle of fear versus audacity. All of us. I don't think there's anyone in here who has not felt that tug, that pull that struggle. Do I allow my fear to win or do I move in audaciousness? That is a real struggle for a lot of us. And I love how, how our referee put it. Uh, so many of us know of hopes and dreams that died in our minds before they even came fruition because we allowed fear to occupy space that audacity should have filled. And so I wanted to go today to look at who I think is a paramount example. Uh, I can never speak about David enough. And I want to take a portion of the most famous Davidic scene of the battle with Goliath and just look at something, not the fight, but just look at something. So if you would, I'm read today from the New Revised Standard Version. First uh, Samuel 17. I'll, verse 32. I'll read this from the NRSV and then I'll read it from the Message Bible. First Samuel 17, beginning at verse 32. David said to Saul, let no one's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight this Philistine. Saul said to David, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are just a boy, and he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And whenever a lion or bear came and took a lamb from the flock, I went after it and struck it down, rescuing the lamb from its mouth. And if it turned against me, I would catch it by the jaw, strike it down and kill it. Your servant has killed both lions and bears. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them, since he has defied the armies of the living God. David said, the Lord who saved me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will save me from this the hand of this Philistine. So Saul said to David, go and may the Lord be with you. And the message Bible reads just a little different. 
1 Samuel 17, beginning at verse 32. Master, said David, don't give up hope. I'm ready to go and fight this Philistine. Saul answered, David, you can't go and fight this Philistine. You are too young and inexperienced. And he's been at this fighting business since before you were born. David said, I've been a shepherd tending sheep for my father. Whenever a lion or bear came and took a lamb from the flock, I go after it, knock it down, and rescue the lamb. If it turned on me, I grab it by the throat, wring its neck, and kill it. Lion or bear, it made no difference. I killed it. And I'll do the same to this Philistine pig who is taunting the troops of God alive. God, who delivered me from the teeth of the lion and the claws of the bear, will deliver me from this Philistine. Saul said, go, and God help you. Come on, let's pray, beloved. God, we are so grateful, O oh Lord, to be here in this place. Never again will we take for granted being in this sanctuary, God. We thank you, O oh God, for allowing us to gather, for allowing us to be in this space, for allowing us, O oh God, to show up in our authenticity and in our truth. We thank you. We thank you. We honor you, God. Now, O oh God, on this day, let your word go to work on our spirits. Let your word move, O oh God, and find the landing places and the mark for today. That we might be transformed, empowered, encouraged to be warriors of audacity. We love you, God. We honor you, Lord. And it's in your name we pray. And together we say, Amen. Amen. Remain standing with me. Allow me to read that. I'm going to read the message Bible version. That's pretty good. 1 Samuel 17, 32 through 37. Master said, David, don't give up hope. I'm ready to go and fight this Philistine. Saul answered, David, you can't go and fight this Philistine. You are too young and inexperienced. And he's been at this fighting business since before you were born. David said, I've been a shepherd tending sheep for my father. Whenever a lion or bear came and took a lamb from the flock, I'd go after it, knock it down, and rescue the lamb. If it turned on me, I'd grab it by the throat, wring its neck, and kill it. Lion or bear, it made no difference. I killed it. And I'll do the same to the Philistine pig who is taunting the troops of God alive. God, who delivered me from the teeth of the lion and the claw of the bear, will deliver me from this Philistine. Saul said, go, and God help you. Amen? Amen. Come on, put your hands together and give the Lord a hand clap of praise on today. I want to talk today from this theme, audacious origins. Audacious origins. Goliath was an imposing figure. His appearance was threatening. Some scholars, based on the depiction in the scriptures, believe that Goliath may have been close to eight feet tall. He was definitely an imposing figure. He carried a 
bronze helmet that some believe weighed over a hundred pounds on his head. He had a beam, a spear that was like a beam, like a fence rail, and the tip of the spear was about 15 pounds. He wore armor and iron shin guards. I mean, he was an imposing figure. When Israel and the Philistines got together for battle, instead of the fight taking place, the Philistines came up with a tactic. It's an interesting tactic because I've never heard anybody say this, but I think their tactic was based on the possibility that they might lose a fight with Israel. I mean, here was their tactic. They sent Goliath down to the Valley of Elah between Israel and the Philistine armies. And Goliath was down there in the valley hurling taunts to Israel. He was asking, is there anyone among you who is willing to fight? Is there anyone among you who really wants to come down to fight. And then Goliath even added this. He said, watch. He said, listen, if, 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 if your warrior beats me, we will surrender and serve Israel. But if I beat whoever you send to me, you all will surrender and serve the Philistines. That was the challenge. That was the battle. Send somebody who's willing to fight one-on-one and let's see What happens? Israel was paralyzed, not just by what Goliath said, but again, how Goliath looked. Think about it. They could not move all the mighty warriors of Israel, all the mighty fighters of Israel, and no one wanted to come down to fight Goliath. All because he looked terrifying. He looked overwhelming. He was visually an imposing figure. It makes me wonder, how how many times have we become petrified by appearances? How, How many times have we become stagnant because something looked like it was too much? Looked like it was hard, looked like it was difficult, looked like it was challenging. Never engaged it, never chased the dream, never pursued goals, never honored hopes because the fight looked like you would lose from the beginning. I mean, be honest this morning. How, how many of us, be honest, can testify, even by a show of hands, how many of us in our journeys have stopped because something looked like we couldn't do it? Looked like we couldn't win. Looked like we wouldn't win. And because of that, we allowed fear to creep into our spirit. And fear started dominating our right sensibilities because of appearances. Just imagine, you hadn't lifted a finger yet. You hadn't lifted a hand yet. You ain't start to fight yet. You didn't try to execute anything yet. You just looked at what you were facing. And what you were facing caused you to be paralyzed. And you could not move forward. You stopped chasing. You stopped dreaming. Because it looked like you couldn't do it. And you made this assertion, this belief. You came to this place all because it looked terrifying. I imagine that's how the Israelite army felt. 
I mean, Goliath's look scared them. But I love this story because it really is a story of fear versus audacity. Because David now comes with another possibility. All the army of Israel is paralyzed of fear because they can't move forward. They're intimidated by Goliath. And David is there on assignment. If you know the story, David comes because his father had sent him to go check on his brothers who were part of the army who were fighting down the front lines. And he he gave David like 10 loaves of bread and he gave him a bunch of cheese. Take it down for your brothers and whoever else can benefit from it. And so David now, this is already anointed David. David has now been anointed. He goes down honoring the director of his father to go check on his brothers and to bring them some food. And he gets down there. And to his surprise, David gets there and sees the entire army of Israel, including his three brothers, and one giant yelling, hurling insults. And David is confused. Are we not the army of the living God? Are we not God's people? How is it that one giant has all of us terrified? And David then inquires, but he does something. When he hears the taunts from a distance that Goliath is hurling at Israel, David, before he makes his move, and I love this, and I've said this before, but it's, it's worth repeating. What David does is David left his things, he left his the bread he left the cheese and i love this you read it in the text when you get a chance it said he left those things with the keeper of the baggage before he went down to the front line and you got to hear this i mean i mean fear is real but but what but what if fear is accompanied by unnecessary weight w e i g h t like maybe what makes your stance in the face of giants, one in which you are gripped by fear, is not only that you let fear run rampant in your mind, but you always, you also may be a little weighted down. Like what are you carrying with you? What are the things you've been carrying that made it difficult to move to the next phase in your life? You know, David is anointed. We know he's anointed to be king. And, and, and even though he's anointed to be king, he was still tending to his father's sheep in his daddy's backyard. While at the same time playing the, the lyre, the harp for King Saul. Now watch this. We know he's anointed to be king. You got to catch this. He's anointed to be king. But he's still doing the things that define who he was prior to his elevation. He was still honoring his father's directive to tend to the sheep. He's still playing for Saul. And here honoring his father, he goes out to the front lines to see how his brother's are doing and there he sees Goliath taunting Israel and David makes up in his mind he's going to move forward to see what will happen maybe even to face the giant and before he does that it said he left the things he brought with him with the keeper of the baggage you see because maybe maybe here and this is very simple maybe maybe you moving into the season where you activate your dreams is about leaving some things behind you got to resolve in your spirit Right. You have to resolve this. I saw this. That here it is. That, that most that most of the things that are waiting for you. That are ahead of you are better than the things you have to leave behind. Oh, you got to get that. That 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 the things that are laying before you ahead of you are far better than what you are leaving behind. Here's the thing. But you don't always know that what is ahead is better. Whoa. So 
that means leaving some things behind is not always based on what you see. It's based on what you hope to see, what you believe to see, what your faith. See, faith doesn't wait for certainty. You got to understand this. I hear people say, faith, my faith says, wait till God shows. My faith says this. No, faith is not about certainty. You can't say, I need to see it before I move forward. You got to move forward and believe you'll see it on the way. That's when that's when your strength rises. David left those things. And I'm trying to tell somebody today it's maybe the shift from where you are to where God desires you to be. It's connected to your willingness to leave some things behind with the keeper <laughs> of the baggage. Oh, I love this. David then makes his way a little lighter now. Isn't it amazing how the world changes when you've unloaded some things? It's amazing how your, your perspective changes, your view changes when you realize how light you should have been to begin with and how you allowed too many things that were not necessarily yours. Well, let me pause. Let me back up. It's, it's one thing when you got your own bags, but then the question becomes how many other people's stuff have you been carrying that is really not yours? It's one thing when you have your own issues that are holding you down. It's another thing when you compound your issues with other people's issues. And some, oh, no, 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 no. When other people make you feel as though their issues are your issues. Well, no, okay. Maybe you take the other folks' issues so seriously that you begin to internalize their issues. Okay, let me try it this way. Maybe they have a perspective of you that you've accepted. And then you've internalized how they see you, not knowing that how they see you is really about how they see themselves. I need to hear. I, 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 I know that for a fact because there are times when people's view of you ain't got nothing to do with you. And now you're carrying the baggage of their opinions of you and you don't even realize that what you're carrying is a reflection of them. And their unwillingness to embrace who they are. So they project it on you. And when you accept it, heavy bags. Some of y'all know about those heavy bags. That's why I thought we're trying to figure out why you just drag along all the time. Heavy bags. Things that you don't need to carry. But look at David. David. Drop up. Leave behind what don't got your name on it. And guess what? Even if it had your name on it, know when it's time to separate from it. Watch this. Because what is in the moment ain't always meant to be eternal. So be willing to separate. I love it here. David does that. David leaves the things to keep the baggage. He goes down. Now watch what happens when David gets down there and he starts inquiring what's going on. And they tell David, listen, man, the king said that was the king said that whoever fights and defeats the giant, he's going to do two things. He's going to give him his daughter's hand in marriage. And that they will be free of any debt. They will just live free in the land. David hears this. When David hears this, watch what happens. His brother, when his brother comes up and says, why are you here? What are you doing here? Watch how he tries to belittle him. Because remember, his brother saw him get anointed. So that's a whole nother issue. The attitudes of those who must bear witness to your being called. His brother says, what you doing here? Watch this. He says, why are you not home 
taking care of that little flock. <laughs> he was trying to insult David. But this is another warning for those of us who have made the beautiful decision to leave some things behind. Then you must confront the people whose lives are orchestrated by fear. And then confront you for your audacity. Oh, I hope you hear that. His brother is like, well, what you doing here? Why are you here? In his mind, you know, go back to doing what you did. And David is like, well, 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 what are you talking about? All I did was ask a question. And to David's credit, David ignores his brother and continues conversations with the other to actually hear the details of what King Saul would do. I want you to get that. David ignores the taunts from his fearful brother who's questioning why he's here in the first place. I've been saying to the folk over here, David ignores his brother. He ignores his brother. You hear what I'm saying? He ignores what his brother said. No, no, because there's some people that you don't need to give your ears to when you've come to this place in your journey. You got to be able to say, listen, if what you're saying is of no benefit to me, let me turn a deaf ear to you and say, focus on where God has me right now. It's not complicated. But here's what happens. A lot of us, we get sidetracked by people like David's brother who start questioning us. who want to know what we're doing, why we're here, what we're up to. We want to we we find ourselves detracted by people who no longer have a desire to move forward in the fullness of their lives. And so they then think that their only obligation is to hinder you as you seek to move forward in your life. They feel some way overtaken by their inability to walk into their dreams and walk into their future. And they recognize when you do it, they see the difference. They see the difference in your face. They see that you're walking a little bit different and talking a little bit different. I know some of y'all already experienced this in your journey. They see something has changed in you, that something is now new. And they will try every little trick to try to pull you back to a place, not just to sidetrack you, but to pull you back to a place where they can feel comfortable with who you are. See, I've said this before. A lot of people like when you're doing nothing. You don't put no pressure on them. And they will try to pull you back because they see where you're going. And here it is. Don't take it personally. It's just who they are because they're unable again to see themselves. And so when they start trying to pull you back, you just walk away and ignore them. You don't have to waste your energy thinking and engaging people who are not invested in what is best for you. You don't have to use your resources trying to please people who are not committed to what's best for you. And yet again, some of us still fall victim to the same old trap, falling in the pit of pittiness and pettiness. David said, look, I ain't come here to talk to you. He said, here's what I'm going to do. And this is David. He tells others, I'm going to do it. I'm going to handle this. I love this. I'm going to be done. Let y'all out here. So I'm going to handle this. Can you imagine? Little David, I got this. Whole army scared to fight. I got this. David could have gone back. And here's what I need you to know. And I'm jumping ahead of myself, but it's important. When David makes the decision to move forward into what he was anointed to be, he never goes back to his daddy's backyard again. 
he embraces fully the next season of his life. Why do some of us go back? Fear. Why do some of us go back? Safety. Let me put it to you this way. Most of what inspires us doesn't come to us from a place of safety. I'll say it again. Most of what inspires us doesn't come from a place of safety. So why go seeking safety instead of living in your audacity? Think about it. How many times had safety and fear sent you an invitation that you answered? Thank you for that. <laughs> safety and fear. Fear of losing, fear of not winning, fear of not achieving. And then safety always comes behind fear because you say, well, listen, listen, at least here I was used to how things are. At least back here, I know how everything works. Yeah, everybody ain't good to me, but still I know it. It's comfortable. It's safe. There are more people who've died in the fields that safety created than fear. That desire to play it safe. The desire to just be at ease. And here's the thing. It's quite comfortable because you can play it safe and be successful. Okay. There are people who can look at you and see your success and not know that you've been playing it safe. Only you know that. People could be blown away, but see, when you are by yourself and you sit for a moment and you sit in all the accolades and affirmation that you've gotten and people see how much you've done and how amazing you are. And the reason why you don't always celebrate is because deep down inside, you know that all this success came from your safety zone. And what you got to ask yourself is what will my life look like if I step out of safety? See, watch this. And no one can ask this question but you. No one. Why? Because from the outside, you look amazing. You've accomplished a lot. Don't ever minimize what you can do in that comfort zone, that safety zone, because it's only you who know. You're the only one who will know that this space, although it looks great to everybody on the outside, is you playing your safe. Nobody knows that but you. You are the one who sits there and wrestles at night. And the thing is, is that you have to make that decision because you can feel good for the rest of your life with the pats on the back and the accolades from people recognizing all you've done. But then at night, you'll cry yourself to sleep, wishing you stepped out and been a little bit more audacious in your living. I'm going to say it again. You can have an amazing life safe. You can live safe and leave safe. But only you will know what dreams died, what aspirations you forfeited, what you shattered because of fear. David knows I can have a good life home with daddy. But I wasn't anointed to stay back here. Oh, I hope you can hear this. We always think. Of this anointing, someone coming like Samuel and pouring all oil on us. And then, uh-uh. Your anointing 
is connected to your identity. Your identity is connected to your divinity. Your divinity is steeped in God. Your God connection is what validates you as being among the number of the anointed. Oh, you need to hear this. And if you know you're living in that anointing connected to your God-given identity, that means you stop thinking small of yourself. Don't tell me what you don't have and how you don't fulfill the resume and how you're not qualified. Remember who you are and live into that experience. David says, I'm not going back. He says, in fact, you know what I'm going to do? He said, I am going to win this fight. He tells the guys this. It doesn't say he said it to them, but it does. He says that when he told them this, folks started speaking. He told them clearly, listen, I'm going to kill Goliath. I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill him. I'm going to destroy him. And they're looking at his appearance. And Watch this. And they think based on his appearance, it's impossible. Okay. They look at Goliath's appearance and thought it was impossible for them to win. Now they looked at David's appearance and thought it was impossible for him to win, which lets me know that perspective of fearful people is always jacked up. They say, uh, you can't do it. And again, for the second time, he has to learn to ignore the doubters. He goes now to the king. He says, King, here it is. And I'll be done. He said, Here it is. Here it is. I'm going to defeat the Philistine. I'm going to do it. How are you going to do it, David? And here's where audacious origins come from. He said, When I was watching the shepherd or the sheep, I know when he started the story, they're like, Wait a minute. We talking about fighting giants. You start talking about sheep. He said, Yeah. When I used to be in my daddy's backyard tending to the lambs, the little sheep, because being a shepherd ain't easy. You can't be scared being a shepherd, he said, because there will come a time when there will be other predators who will come and try to eat your prey. He said, when I was back there with my daddy's little flock, there, there were times when lions and bears would come. Wait a minute. And, and when the lions and bear would grab some of the sheep. Watch what David said. He said, I will, I wrestled those little sheep out of the mouth of the lion, of the lion and from the hand of the bear. What? And then he doubled down. And then there were times when the lion and the bear would turn on me. Wait a minute. And look at the message Bible. And I would grab them by the throat, wring their neck, until they were dead. What? Why, David? Why wouldn't you turn and run with your little sheep? Maybe David understood that predators don't quit. Oh, y'all get that later. And the only way to deal with certain predators is to destroy them, cut them off early. So in other words, David said, when they turn on me, I turn on them. Oh, I hope you get this in a second. 
Because David said, my obligation is to protect my daddy's property. You'll get that one later. He said, and there will come a time in the journey where you must protect what has been entrusted to you. And not worry about the opposition. Here's what David does. He does not let his past victories give him a sense of conceit. He says, King, here it is. Don't look at me because I don't look like I can defeat Goliath. But when I was able to beat that lion and beat those bears, God gave me the victory. Watch this. And God hasn't left me. And the same God who delivered me from the lion and the bear is the same God who delivered this Philistine into my hands. Where does your audacity come from? It doesn't just come from your ability, your talent, or your dream. It also comes because you have experience with God. I hope you can hear this, beloved. It makes no sense to be in this sanctuary. Watch on stream. And when you get confronted with an obstacle, retreat. You have experience. And I don't understand how many of us who have experience with God will not lean into the experience, but lean into the opposition. It does not matter what you face. You have experience. That's why you are bold and that's why you're audacious. Because you've seen what God can do. Oh, gosh, I wish I had somebody in here who could testify. You've seen what God can do. Is there anybody here who's a witness of that today? Look at your neighbor and tell a neighbor, I've seen what God can do. Come on, tell somebody else. It's been a long time. Tell a neighbor, I've seen what God can do. And so I will place my stance on my experience with God. Can I get churchy for a second? God's brought me a mighty long way. I'm going to stand on the experience. It's the experience that made me bold. It's the experience that gives me courage. It's the experience that makes me audacious. I have experience with God. That's where your boldness comes from. That's the origin of your audacity. You got a track record with God. You've seen God show up in the midnight hour. You've seen God show up when everybody else left. You know what it is when you say he walked with me and talked with me. I got an experience. I have an experience. And if you got an experience today, I need you to be able to lean into that. Oh, here, here it is. Here it is. Here's what I want you to do. Then we're really out of here. Right now, I want you to think about all the times that you know the seen dangers. Because you don't even know about the unseen stuff. I want to know, can you testify for the seen dangers? The stuff you saw coming. The giants you saw coming. 
the challenges you saw coming. But somehow God took your audacity, combined it with God's power, and you got the victory. Here's what I need you to do now. Think about every moment as far back as you can recall. And for every time you know God stepped in, give God a praise. Wait a minute. Keep going. I want to hear a 1988 praise for what he did back then. A 2000 praise. Come on. If you can go back in your memory bank and recount the times where God blessed you, where God delivered you, where God opened doors, you ought to give God the glory. Let your giants watch you praise. Let your enemies see you praise. Oh, come on, you're dying down. You must got a short memory. Now, if you got a long memory, you ought to keep on. For every mountain, for every trial, for every defeated enemy, for every defeated foe, I got to praise. Every time you said no, but God said yes. Every time you tried to quit, but God snatched you back. Hey. Your audaciousness comes from someplace. It comes from every breakthrough, every battle, every episode in your life where you saw God work. And then you didn't forget. You see, sometimes fear creeps in because we have temporary memory loss. Tell the truth. There are times where we let fear creep in because we forgot what God has done. God, you've been so faithful. Lord, and I'm, I'm talking about me now. Lord, forgive me for forgetting. Come on, forgive me. That might be your prayer. God, forgive me for forgetting how many times you wiped away these tears. How many times you comforted me in the hospital. How many times when I felt like I was alone. But then God, you showed up. Not chastising me for forgetting, not making me feel bad. But here's what I felt God say. Since you forgot, 
I'm going to give you one more reason. One more reason. And when you forget that, I'm going to give you one more reason. In fact, you can't out. No, let me play it right. You can't forget more than God can bless. When God's provision outlasts your memory. Keeps on. Keeps on. Over and over. I love the line. I didn't understand it when I was young. I got it now. When they would say, and every time I turn around. <laughs> God keeps on what? Y'all playing. Making every time. I turn around. New mercy, new joy, new peace. Every time I turn around, God keeps on making a way. That's where your boldness comes from. That's where your audacity comes from. Just like David. You can tell your story of how God had to break in and rescue you. Just like David. You can tell your story. And here's a deep thing. There have been times when God had to rescue you from you. Where you were your own Goliath. Where you were your own doubter. Where you seem to be committed to sabotaging your own life. And God broke in. And God said, no, no, I got to do this for you, from you. That's the power of God. So here it is. Everybody who's able today, if you're able, just stand on your feet. See, it's hard for me to think about what I've experienced in divine deliverance. How do you not get emotional? I don't know how to do that. Right now, I don't even know how you... I mean, when God stepped in and said, "Uh uh-uh, watch me put this in reverse. Watch me pull you out of this. You know what I experienced in my personal life? That, that, That those times I've had, like real times where the doctors left that room, shaking their head, uncertain if I would make it. And then when they left, God was like, good. Now I got you to myself. All those times you've experienced God. Just let him be at the forefront of your mind right now. All those times. Just let him be at the forefront. Just let it just sit right there. Just let just sit. Sit in that memory right there. In those memories. Just sit in them for a second. 
Come on, just sit with those memories. Come on. You yeah, just sit there. Come on, you need to. You see? Yes. Come on, let us sit there. Come on, for every, for every, every you brought me, for every time, you see me through, yeah. more than our share of mountains we've also seen our share of valleys we've had those challenging moments those difficult days where giants just kept on coming but God the good news is that for every giant that came you gave us a new testimony a new reason to remember a new reason to rejoice a new reason to praise your name God, right now, we know how struggles and obstacles and challenges can seem so immediate that they take up all the space. But God, in those moments where we would want to react in fear because of new foes and new challenges, remind us of the courage we have to remember Remember your deliverance in the past. Remember your healing in the past. Remember your intervention in the past. Remember your deliverance in the past. And all of that, oh God, fortifies us in the present and makes us bold. 
audacious, courageous, strong, so that we can face whatever comes our way. There's nothing that can come our way, oh God, that we cannot handle because we're your children connected to your power and we rest in that, oh God. We love you, Lord. Oh, we love you, God. <laughs> we love you, God. We know you see us and we know you hear us. And so we will stand in that confidence. And in that confidence, oh God, we say amen, amen, and amen. Thank you for listening to the FCBC NYC podcast. We hope that what you heard was informative and inspiring and in some way created a space for you to have a creative encounter with God. You can follow us on social media and on the internet at fcbcnyc.org. Please follow and also contribute. If you've been blessed by what you heard, support us financially that we may continue to offer these podcasts. Thank you again, and we look forward to you tuning back in in the future.